Well, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Exodus, second book in the Bible. Exodus 18. Don't you like the title? Father-in-law knows best. How many father-in-laws do we have here in the house? Father-in-laws? Any father-in-laws? All right, okay. You're agreeing. You're already amening, aren't you? Yeah, okay. Well, good. But turn to Exodus 18. And we'll begin at verse 5. Exodus chapter 18, beginning at verse 5. And the uh, scripture is on the screen behind me. Jethro, Moses' father-in-law. How would you like to be that? (laughs) Together with Moses' sons and wife, came to him in the wilderness where he was camped near the mountain of God. Jethro had sent word to him, I, your father-in-law, Jethro, am coming to you with your wife and her two sons. So Moses went out to meet his father-in-law and bowed down and kissed him. Aside from the kissing part, most of the father-in-laws would probably like that, right? Um, They greeted each other and then went into the tent. Moses told his father-in-law about everything that Yahweh had done to Pharaoh and the Egyptians for Israel's sake and about all the hardships they had met along the way, and how Yahweh had saved them. Jethro was delighted to hear about all the good things the Lord had done for Israel in rescuing them from the hand of the Egyptians. He said, Praise be to Yahweh, who rescued you from the hands of the Egyptian and and of Pharaoh, and who rescued the people from the hand of the Egyptians. Now I know that Yahweh is greater than all other gods, for He did this to those who had treated Israel arrogantly. Then Jethro's father, uh, Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, brought a burnt offering and other sacrifices to God. And Aaron came with all the elders of Israel to eat a meal with Moses' father-in-law in the presence of God. The next day, Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people. And they stood around him from morning till evening. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, What is this you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge while all these people stand around you from morning till evening? Moses answered him, Because the people come to me to seek God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, it is brought to me, and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and instructions. Moses' father-in-law replied, What you're doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Listen now to me and I will give you some advice. And may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to Him. Teach them His decrees and instructions and show them the way they are to live and how they are to behave. Then select capable people, men from all the the people, men who fear God, trustworthy people who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Have them serve as judges for the people at all times, but have them bring every difficult case to you. The simple cases they can decide themselves. That will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. If you do this as God commands, you will be able to stand the strain and all these people will go home satisfied. 
And the reply is, Moses listened to his father-in-law and did everything he said. Let's pray and ask God to bless the teaching of his word. Father, we come to this ancient story of Moses and his family member. Pray that it would help us today to be encouraged to know what we are called to and where we are headed through your leading and your grace and your peace. For we ask this all in your name. Amen. Father-in-law knows best. If we were to kind of sum this all up, because it's pretty lengthy passage, the interesting thing is, is that Moses uh, really in that first part receives his father-in-law. Uh, evidently, they have a great relationship. Uh, you may not know this, but uh, when Moses left Egypt uh, in that story, he was a shepherd. He watched over the flocks of his father-in-law. That's where he saw the burning bush and was sent back to be used by God to bring out the Israelites from 400 years of slavery in Egypt. And so they kind of recount the story. I'm sure that, that Jethro was there. Now, you left to uh, like free some people. How did all that happen? Obviously, God was good and this has happened. And so Moses begins to share all the things that had happened to, to lead them all to this place where they, the children of Israel were now free. And it was a great story. I'm sure it took a long time uh, to, to share all of those things that God had done. And Jethro has the great response. Of, he's just very pleased. This is wonderful. In fact, it, it produces worship in him. He begins to say, wow, this is the God that is above all gods, uh, that God would do this. This is amazing. And so I thought, well, how does this connect to us? I think that uh, that song that we finished singing just a few moments ago about God's great faithfulness. Did you know that God has saved this church? I, I, I really believe that. I want you to know that. Uh, the story of Israel starts with this time of slavery. 400 years. And we don't go back that far. But 15 years ago, things we, we were wondering... What's going to happen to our church? Is it going to survive? I mean, that was the question. That was before I was here. And there were some, I think, some, some really questioning days of what is going to happen. And the good news is that the faithful God that Jethro and Moses are excited about saves. Yahweh saves. Did you know that that means uh, that, that word there is Yeshua, which is the Hebrew name Joshua or Jesus. God saved this church. And God did it in a lot of different ways. Some of your work, some of, of you just being here. God used a, a man that I love near and dear to my heart, my dad, Doug McVeigh. Uh, God used Dr. Stanley. I don't know. You know, Dr. Stanley was just putting money into an estate and uh, and he passed away, and God used that to give towards the church to help uh, make things fit and work and things to keep the doors open. God saves. That's a good story. And the story goes on from there. Because after that, then you were able to call. And I had the joy of being able to say yes and move here. And as we began, I don't know, maybe I'm just feeling nostalgic. It's almost been ten years together. 
But God began to teach me and show me how I am supposed to be as a pastor. And God began to call some other people to be a part of us. And we began to move from a church that was really nervous and scared and kind of inward focused as we wondered what was going to happen. We began to lean in to the God who saves. And we began to see people come in. We began to, to, there was a, there was a subtle shift. At first, it felt like I was the one kind of going out and trying to catch all the new people. And then, a few years in, it changed. Some of you would say, come up to me and say, hey, there's a new person over there, go see them. <laughs> that, was, that was a big shift. I don't know if you know that. I think that was, that was, that was almost a parting of the Red Sea moment for some of you. And then we began to work even more and we began to see... Time and time again, then another shift began to happen. And I began to see some of you bring new people to meet me. Wow. That's a a huge thing. That's great. That just showed me over and over again that God is doing a work. God is saving. I was, like Jethro, very pleased to see God working and shaping these things in us together. And I have learned so much. And I hope that you have learned so much. And that together we are on this journey because we believe that God still saves. Do we believe that? But there's still more to the story. There's always more to the story. Let's go to the next slide. Because then the very next day, we see that after the victory comes the difficult part. Now, all these people have been set free. And God has used a great leader like Moses to make them free. And, uh, and they're there. And now He begins that hard work after you, that, you know, everybody thinks that the, the hardest work was the setting them free. And Moses begins to realize that the hardest work comes after the freedom. Trying to get things organized and ready and how do we do this and Jethro looks at Moses and says this is not good it's interesting it's the same Hebrew word that God looks at Adam alone in the garden and says it's not good he says you need someone to help and so in Genesis God creates God creates his his co-equal God creates Eve, a woman. In this, he says, gather some people around. He begins to teach him how to organize these kinds of things. Let's go to the next slide. He tells Moses to look for people to help him to gather. And we see that all of this began to take place. And Moses listened. And what a good thing. It was not good for Moses to do it all alone, but to begin to train and trust people together. That's why we have something like Growth Track, which is coming up again next month. The second half of it. If you missed the first half, that's okay. We'll come back to that in November. But come and plan to sign up. It teaches us. This is part of what we're trying to do is take something like this and say, we want to train you and help you to know what God would have you to do as a part of this great saving work that God still does today. We need you. To sign up. This one will be about how God has created you and where you could serve God's kingdom. That's going to be an important thing. It's coming up this month. Check it out. Let's go to the next slide. I want us to begin to just take a moment 
and look over the harder work that we have, which is our 10-4 vision. Let's go to the next slide. It's 10 goals in four years. This was announced to you together on May the 5th, 2018, a few months ago today. But now is the harder work. We had a great time. I think it was pretty impressive. It was pretty exciting about being able to announce that to you all. Many of you got excited. This seems great. It was just big enough that we know we can't do this without God's help. But it was something that said, wow, what if God helped us to do this? What an incredible thing it would be to see these goals accomplished over the next four years. But friends and family, now is the harder thing. If you're brand new today and you want to know, well, what are all the goals? Because we're not going to go through all of them today. They're right here in the tear-off portion of your bulletin. Right down through there, you can look at those. But we're going to look at the top four. And then when I was looking over it one last time, I felt like, you know, there's one more that we've got to add in for this year. This year that we're going to begin to look at. And so I want us to lean into these because now becomes the difficult part. We've announced, you're excited, I'm excited, I think God is going to use this together, but now is the time that we have to listen to that Jethro voice that tells us how we're going to do this together and what part you play in this this part of this 10-4 vision. So let's look. No, Not one of us can do it alone. Just like... Uh, uh, Jethro said to Moses, it's not good. You can't do this on your own. I have heard, Jeff, you can't do this on your own. I can't. I, I just imagine when Moses heard those words from his father-in-law that a great weight rolled off his shoulders and said, finally, somebody gets it. I've been waiting for someone to to point that out for me and help and, and show me kind of what to do. I want you to know that when I was reading this passage and thinking about 10-4 vision and where we are and, and what's uh, going on and where we are in the process, to hear those vo- that voice of Jethro and just read it out loud, it was like, oh yeah, I know that sense. I know that feeling while I'm called to be a leader, a leader trains and shows. And, and so I, I hope today will be just a few steps into what are we going to do together to accomplish the harder work of what God has set us free for. So let's look. The first one that uh, kind of came down to four that are really kind of came to the front right in this first year. The first one is to pay off the mortgage. And I want you to know that uh, it, it got pretty exciting. I, I, was, I was pretty blown away by this, that someone came up right after that and said that if the church will keep making its on-time monthly payment, they will add $25,000 a year till it's paid off. That's exciting news. That's powerful. And I want you to know, we can go to the next slide, I want you to know that the church has made their payments. I also want you to know, next slide, that the donor has made part of theirs. And so we're seeing this one take place. God has been faithful. God has called. People have answered it. And people are being faithful in the midst of that. But I also want us to know that there is still more for us to do in giving. If you don't believe me, take a look at the back of your worship folder. Yeah. 
Summer is hard. I know that. We're gone. Some of you need to get a little function that says it'll just be an automatic payment that goes. (laughs) While you're out enjoying the Michigan sun, those three months that we have it. Um, that that's part of it. There is a continued need to be faithful. God is good. God is saving. But God calls all of us together, not just one. And so we are called to give. Let's go to the next one. The next one was that we were going to call an associate pastor. That we felt it was time for that. I want you to know that uh, the church over the years has, was given a gift that we have saved and that was $20,000. After we announced this on May 5th, we had a donor that came and said, I will give $10,000 more to put on that. And he told me, if you want to challenge somebody to try and match it, or even the whole church to try and match it, let's do that. I want you to know that we still have the 20. I want you to know the donor has written the check. It is on top of that 20 now waiting. And now we have, as I announced last week, a parsonage to offer with that. Um, If you weren't here last week, Lori and I, God is blessed and we are able to purchase our own home. And uh, we closed on that on Friday. So we're excited. I mean, it's fun. It's our first home ever. So... It's one of those things where it's kind of like, yes, this is ours. And then you think, if anything breaks, oh, this is ours. <laughs> you know, I can't call the trustees and say, hey, this broke. Um, so, but we are excited. God is blessed. But we hope that this opens up even more possibilities of who God will call. And I want you to be in prayer about who that person is. I want you to be in prayer about um, what is the need. It may be something that we're not even looking at right now. I mean, we can't. We tend to think in terms of youth, children, youth, children. Maybe it's something entirely different that God will call. But we want to listen because whatever God says, this is the way, walk in it. It will be a way that leads to life. And we want to do that. And some of you will be asked to kind of wrestle that out in committee. And so we'll be doing that. So be in prayer about this. We're excited about the future that's coming up. Next, we would like to see 10 families from our week here join our church. I want you to know that uh, when the summer camp musical happened a few months ago, um, there were a bunch of you that showed up to hand out bulletins, to just greet people. I'm telling you, it was different There was something different about having you all there with your cross-community volunteer, bright orange, neon, can't-miss-you shirts, and some of you just in your regular clothes handing things out and saying, we're glad you're here, and mixing and mingling. There was a difference. There was a palpable difference in the connection between our, our, our ministry. We need to claim this as our church ministry. And we are called by God to build the relationships. And we can't build them unless we are here and getting to know people. And we need folks who are willing to help at those events. And guess what? You have a great opportunity coming up with our harvest party. 
October 22nd in the morning, we're going to do kudos. We're going to do Kalamazoo United Day of Service. And in the afternoon, we need you to sign up today to take a place. We're trying to pair you with some some of our We Care volunteers, our We Care paid staff, because it's not just about winning the families. We have families that teach in our We Care, and we want them to know that they have a church home if they don't have one right now. Uh, we want them here, because our motto is that you belong here. And so we need you there. I want to sense that same difference at this year's We Care Harvest Party as I sensed at the, at the summer musical. We need your help. Please, please sign up. Our fourth one is one that will change and grow every year. This is that we would invite 180 new people and pray that God would help us to retain 50, at least 15%. This means that we have to take the next step of the progression that I talked with you about. Where we went from kind of inward focused, we got to see if this thing's going to survive, to, hey, Pastor Jeff, I think there's a new person over there. Should go see them. To, hi, my name is, and can I bring you to my pastor? Because I know he would want to meet you. And now is the, maybe the hardest step of all. That God would lead you to go to someone you know at your work, in your school, at your family, at your job, and begin to be able to say to them and ask God for opportunity to be open to say, hey, I go to Cross Community Church. Would you like to come with me? There's a statistic that says people are way more likely to try a church out if they are invited. You know friends, you have family, you have people that you work with. This is the next step. To move into that place, that scary place that says, hey, this is where I go. Would you like to come with me and check it out? That doesn't mean they're going to they're gonna check it out. That doesn't mean they're going to stay. They may not. This may not be the church for them. I'm okay to say that. But we have to be faithful to invite. Because we believe in a God who saves, right? How can we believe in a God who saves and not invite those whom God longs to save? It's time to put our money where our mouth is. Pastor included. And I'm so excited about a neighborhood we just moved into and meeting people, new people. It's just going to be exciting. Let's lead this together as we go. All right. So what can all of us do? We've kind of gone through a few of, oh, you know what? I, I forgot. There's a fifth one that's coming up this year, and you're going to meet right after the service, and that is our international missions trip. And we're planning to go to Croatia, and we need people whom God has called to go and to serve and to help, a little bit of building, a lot of giving, handing out those who are in need. Um, we need to go. It's time for us to go. I know you, I know some of you could say, we could, there's enough to do right here. I know that there's enough to, to go right here. But there's something about getting out of your comfort zone, out of your country, into a place where they don't speak your language, where you begin to see that God is bigger than your language. God is bigger than your country. And the kingdom of God is about the world, not just your city, your country, your state, your place. Nothing wrong with our country. I'm just saying, it's time to go see what God is doing in the wider world. It will change you for the good.
I want to encourage you. There's going to be a meeting right after this service. Why don't you go? Why don't you just show up and see what's going to happen? See if God is not calling you to go this year on an international missions trip. So what can all of us do? Well, one, we can give. We already covered that one, right? But did you know that in giving, sometimes God opens up incredible opportunities? We give so that our missionaries can be supportive. But it can be uh, a little bit simple. So I, I get my check every week. I go to my bank. I cash my check. And right away I say, and can I have this amount back out? In cash. <laughs> and they always do. A few weeks of this. My teller, who happens to be the same person, just, is it the usual? Yep, same. Next time, why, can I ask, why, why do you always get that out? It gave me a wonderful opportunity to say that I believe that God has enabled me to earn a living. And that I'm called to be generous like God is generous. And so I give this on to my church. You never know how God can use your giving to give into the world or maybe even change someone's understanding of what money is for. God could save them through your giving. That's why we give. Let's go on. Uh, we have the invitation. I've already talked with you about that. We're going to be, begin to look at some training curriculum that says, how do I share? Not in a just show up and knock on some stranger's door and invite yourself in and ask them if you were to die tonight, do you know you'd go to heaven? That's not what I'm talking about. That had a time and a place it served, what, served the church well in its day. Don't hear me bashing that. But our, our culture is not ready for that right now. What our culture needs is to know that you care about them. And you earn the right to share what God has done in your life. To save you. And when you share what God has done to save you, you open up and, and you begin to plant all these seeds of hope that God might be able to do something similar in their life. That's what I'm talking about when I talk about invitation. And you say, you want to hear more about this? Come with me. I've got a place where we can go and hear about the God who saves. Next, you can serve. We've talked about one opportunity that's coming up, and that is our Kalamazoo United Day of Service. You have another opportunity with the Harvest Party. Put those on your calendar. They're on the same day. Please plan to come and show God's love through service. It's so important. Jesus, who we claim to be his body, said, I have come to serve, not to be served. How can we do any less? Lastly, is to pray. And really, honestly, this last one makes the other three possible. It's time, it's time to pray, church. And I don't just mean, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. But it is time to pray and seek God's face and say, God, how are you calling us together as a body, as a church, to accomplish these things that you've called us to, that we're calling a 10-4 vision? And so I want you to know, Pastor Joe um, challenged us on this a couple of weeks, a couple of months ago. That we should get together for corporate prayer. So I want you to know if you go to the next slide there, Dave, that starting on October 10th, that's a Wednesday, at 6 p.m., we are going to gather in the sanctuary for corporate prayer. 
It's going to be a weekly thing. Of course, we'll maybe have some breaks here and there for holidays. But it's time for God's people to pray and to call on the name of the Lord and ask God, what are you calling me to do? How am I to be a part of this vision that you have for this church, for this community, out into our world? Where am I called to be a part of that? Don't worry, it's not going to be too long. Um, we're going to take four minutes for each of our ten vision goals. And so it's going to be about 40 minutes. We'll be, gather, we'll have a little bit of something, maybe a theme we're thinking of, or something that maybe God has, has laid on, on your pastor's heart, and then we're going to pray. And every four minutes, we will We'll pray for something new and we're going to call on the name of the Lord to help us. On the name of the God who saves. And I need you to be here. It's during quizzing, so if you've got a kid who's quizzing, drop him off for quizzing and come in. If, if you don't have a kid that's quizzing, it's okay. Just come in and be in here. We need to gather together and pray. If you're not so sure about the praying thing, just come and see what it's all about. You'll learn. You'll see. You'll be a part. Well, I think I've said enough. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Father, thank you for this story that reminds, personally reminds me that I cannot do this alone. That while you may call an individual to a task, you always connect the individual to a larger group. So thank you for the way that you met me this week to remind me that I can't do it alone. And there's a reason why I'm connected to a great church like cross community. And now I pray that my brothers and sisters, this great family, this body of Christ, would hear the good news and respond to the God who saves by saying yes to prayer, to service, to giving, to inviting. Help me to be a great trainer. Help me to lead by example in giving and serving and yes, in inviting. Help us in those moments where we gather to pray on Wednesday nights that You would pour out Your Spirit upon us that we would call on Your name and You would hear in the heavens all around us, your children whom you love, seeking direction, seeking your guidance, seeking your mercy, asking for hope and the fruit of the Spirit, which is love. We want to be what you have called us to be, O God. Help us now to do the harder work after the victory. For we ask this in the name of the Father who is for us, in the name of the Son who is with us, and in the name of the Spirit who is in us and empowers us. One God forever and ever. Amen. Amen.
Would you stand and receive the final blessing? And now may you say yes to all that the God who saves calls you to, knowing that even the harder work after the victory can be accomplished through Christ who gives strength. I pray this for you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace in the name of the Lord. Amen.